what's up with the microphone this morning, but it sounds like the voice of God when you hear him in the movies. I don't know if you've ever seen this image before, or if you can even see it now. I couldn't print it any bigger than this. But it's circulated around a lot of different places. Basically, in the center is the earth, and it says on the earth, the golden rule. And then all around the earth are kind of all the major religions of the world, and their equivalent of the golden rule. So, for example, Buddhism. Treat not others in ways that you yourself would find hurtful. Or in Jainism, one should treat all creatures in the world as one would like to be treated. Or native spirituality, we are as much alive as we keep the earth alive. And what they take for Christianity, they say, in everything do to others as you would have them do to you. For this is the law and the prophets from the Gospel of Matthew. And there's some good in this. It's showing the link and the tie together of all the religions and the faiths of the world. That there's something that binds us together. This common pursuit of the good. But this is not the golden rule for Christianity. It's so much more. See, this depicts a morality, a life lived, that every human being strives for. Because God has written that law on our heart. It's part of the way that we're created. We know that we should treat others well, that we should strive for the good, that we should do no harm. Whether we do it or not is to be decided. But each one of us knows that inherently that that's the right thing to do. So why would Jesus in the gospel today say, I give you a new commandment if a third of these religions existed before Christianity ever came? What's new about what Jesus teaches us and offers to us? And I don't know the answer, so I stole it from others. So I don't usually quote things in homilies because I find I usually lose people the moment I start quoting something. But when I don't know it well enough for myself, I need to steal from others. So first from the catechism. This is the part in the catechism where they're talking about the Our Father as you forgive those who trespass against us. This is what the catechism says. It is impossible to keep the Lord's commandment by imitating the divine model from outside. There has to be a vital participation coming from the depths of the heart in the holiness and the mercy and the love of our God. Only the spirit by whom we live can make ours the same mind that was in Christ Jesus. It is impossible to live this divine model from the outside, but it is a vital participation from the depths of the heart. This is what points to what's new about it. I remember a couple years ago, in Edmonton Catholic schools anyway, that there was this book that they were circulating around all the schools to try and show and depict this need for kindness, for respect, for generosity, charity towards other people. It was called How Full Is Your Bucket? It started out as kind of a 
self-help book for adults, but they made it for kids. And basically the story is this young boy is unhappy because all these bad things are happening to him. And then his grandpa teaches him that everyone has this invisible bucket over their head. And when you do something good for someone else, it helps fill their bucket. And what the boy realizes when he starts to do good things for others is that every time he helps fill somebody else's bucket, his own is filled up at the same time. And he's found the recipe for happiness. This is kind of that do unto others as you would have them do to you. This is the kind of idea of balance in goodness. That we do good for others and others will do good to us. It's the idea of kind of do no harm to others. It's incomplete. It's not the Christian commandment of love. Out of all these things, the Christian commandment to love is not first a moral imperative. It's not first about our moral obligation to be good to others. That's not what Jesus tells us today. So what is new about this commandment to love one another? Because it existed before Jesus spoke it. It comes right after. Love one another as I have loved you. This is where it changes everything. Where we heard in the book of Revelation today, I make all things new. So what's new about it? How does it change things? Well, we can start with St. Paul in our first reading today in the Acts of the Apostles. Remembering that Paul was the man who to protect his faith to protect what he found as the ultimate good in his life, God, he persecuted and killed Christians for the sake of that good. And now today, in the reading that we hear today, Paul willingly suffers persecution for the sake of God and the goodness of faith. It's completely flipped it around. He no longer feels the need to fight and to protect but instead he willingly humbles himself and offers the gospel, no matter what the consequences are that come. In the book of Revelation, it's this vision that John receives of heaven. And how does he depict heaven? He says, I see the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. Again, we often think of this idea that we must be good so that we can go up to heaven. This is not Christianity. Heaven comes down to us. This is the gift of our Christian faith. God comes to us. And then finally in the gospel, the verses that we heard today, the passage that we heard today, comes right on the heels of the washing of the disciples' feet at the Last Supper, and of Judas leaving the table and going to betray Jesus, of St. Peter promising Jesus that he would go to him even unto death, and Jesus saying, you're going to try, but you're not going to do it. And then Jesus says, I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. It starts not even as an example. It starts as a gift. The commandment to love starts 
by letting ourselves be loved. And only in letting ourselves be loved by that divine life, that divine gift from God in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, can we even conceptualize the idea of loving like Christ to the end. Because as we heard earlier from the Catechism, it is impossible to live this commandment from the outside. We will never live Christian charity if we're just striving for the virtue of loving others. We'll never get there. Because it begins as a gift offered to us. And the way that we receive that gift first and most often the way that we experience that gift of divine love is in mercy. Which is why we begin every Mass with the penitential rite. I confess to Almighty God. Because it's in there that we're saying, Lord, show me your mercy again. Give me this gift again. This is how Pope Benedict puts it. He says, to be a Christian is primarily a gift, which then unfolds in the dynamic of living and acting in and around that gift. But how often do we fall into the temptation of being a Christian is doing good in the world? No, being a Christian is primarily a gift and then the good that we do in the world is living in and around that gift that is given to us. What is that gift? We heard it in our opening prayer at Mass today. That those you make new by baptism. That God is giving to us the very thing that he gave in Jesus. His Spirit. Only by our life in the Spirit can we hope to live true Christian charity. How do we know this? How do we know that it's not just this moral imperative that we're supposed to do good in the world? Every Sunday when we come to Mass, what is offered to us? God gives us himself, body, blood, soul, and divinity, so that he can make us new, from the inside out. If it wasn't for the Eucharist, we wouldn't need the Eucharist if it was just about the words. If my words could convict your heart enough to make that change and do that good in the world, then we wouldn't need the Eucharist. But my words do nothing. The words of the Gospel do nothing without the Eucharist, which is the grace that transforms us, makes us new, allows us to live this new commandment. Without that life in the Spirit, we cannot live this new commandment of Jesus. We'll strive to live this golden rule, to be kind to one another, to do no harm to others, and we'll strive to do it because lots of people are striving to do it and will come up short again and again. But when we come to be renewed by God's very Spirit, the gift of our baptism that we remember throughout this season of Easter is what makes us Christian, what makes us sons and daughters of God. 
then we hope by His grace to live that new commandment.